Well, good Monday morning and welcome to Connect, the California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. It's March. We're about uh, halfway through, a little bit more than halfway through the month here, and we're talking customer experience this month. And so I'm excited to jump into the conversation here with our guest in just a minute. But before we do that, let's thank our sponsors over at Incelerate. So if you're looking to close out more loans in 2021, whether that's purchase or, or uh, refi, make sure to experience Incelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform that features lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, which includes text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and more. And again, as I always say, make sure and uh, follow Josh Friend on LinkedIn. He's got a lot of great content. He's always He seems like he's on every webinar in the country right now, um, but he's got a lot of great things to share with the industry. So make sure and follow him there. And if you want to schedule your own personal demo, make sure to go to Incelerate.com and you can take care of that there. So before we get into the conversation, I want to toss it over to Susan Malazzo, our CEO, for this week's update. Susan. Thanks, Dustin. Hi, this is Susan with the California MBA. And this week, I'd like to talk with you about our Mortgage Innovators Conference that's happening in our virtual environment on May 4th and 5th. If you check out our website, we have just announced our draft agenda. Uh, We'll be updating that with new sponsors and speakers as we get um, them confirmed. But we are very excited about what we're offering this year. Remember that this is the one place that you can go to hear the most innovative minds and companies in the mortgage industry. You'll have some practical takeaways to be more efficient, uh, connect with your customers, better execution and delivery, and of course, build those customers for life relationships that we're all looking for. We've also got some great prizes coming up for uh, registrations uh, that are coming in early. So don't delay and get your registration in so you might be one of our lucky winners. I want to give a big thank you to our virtual conference sponsor, Incelerate, for helping us put together another fantastic event this year. I look forward to seeing you in our virtual environment, May 4th and 5th at the Mortgage Innovators Conference. Back to you, Dustin. All right, thanks, Susan. Now let's jump in the conversation. I'm excited to welcome in an old friend of the association, Greg Pedersen. Greg is Director of Technology at RWM Home Loans in San Diego. Welcome, Greg. Dustin, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be a part of the Connect podcast. I myself am a huge fan. I've been following along since the beginning. So thank you for having me. Oh, of course. We'll appreciate that. Yeah, Greg's a, when I say great old friend, Greg was actually one of our former uh, uh, alumni of our Future Leaders Program. He's been involved in our committees. I mean, he's just been a great partner and a great uh, asset for our association. So excited to have him on the program today. And certainly, I mean, Greg's background, and we'll get to it in here in a minute, but his background in both marketing and origination and technology, I think is just perfect for this conversation. So let's let's dive in here. So talk about your background for a minute, Greg. Uh, for those that don't know you, how'd you get started in the business? What drew you to the you know, marketing and the technology side of the business? So the mortgage industry, as everybody knows, um, most people stumble into it. My story was very similar. So in college, I went to University of San Diego down here where I currently, currently live, which is San Diego and RWM Home Loans, the mortgage company I'm currently with, independent mortgage banker. We're based out of San Diego, but we're uh, expanding throughout the, the country. Um, the way I've got into the industry is I started actually in a real estate program at USD. So that program focused on the commercial side. And at that point in time, I was looking at joining an internship, right? Like every other college kid, um, your parents are, are pushing, pushing down, uh, you know, get that internship, you need a job, get off of our payroll. 
et cetera. So, um, I, yep. yeah, yeah, I'm sure you have kids, uh, they'll, they'll be there at some point. So I'm sure you're, you're saving your pennies. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so anyway, my, my start was I got involved with the real estate organization in, uh, at, at USD, I should say. And one of the events we had, the CFO of RWM Home Loans, which at the time we were going by our corporate name, which is Residential Wholesale Mortgage Inc. Uh, a handful of years ago, we went through a rebrand and transition to RWM Home Loans. But um, at that point in time, I met the CFO, Laura Peffins, and she got me into the industry. I introduced myself. She said they were looking for interns, had no clue about the mortgage industry. And that was my dip in the water, and uh, it's it's been incredible. But at, at that point, really, what I knew about mortgage is my parents at the time growing up, they loved to refi and pull cash out of their house, and we would always be going on vacations, buying boats, um, you know, what else, putting pools in the backyard. So I thought money grew on trees, and, and mortgages were a way to go tap into your money and your equity. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I had no idea that uh, that Laura got you into business. Laura Peppin is an old friend of the association as well. She was actually on our board of directors at one point. So that's that's really fun to hear. Um, so let's let's fast forward to the present here. I, I'm curious what uh, you know, if you've been in the industry now for a decade or so here. What's your, what's the transformation been like for you from your perspective, both as an originator and someone on the tech and marketing side of the business? What's that transformation in a customer experience uh, been like for you? Yeah, no, that, that's actually a great thing to bring up. And I guess I could continue on my story a little bit because that kind of talks about the transition. So I started at RWM as an intern eight years ago. And when I, when I entered the business at that point, I came on in the operations side helping with our closing department. So I had no clue about customer experience. All I saw from my side was paper docs going everywhere, um, stacks of docs coming in. The DAX stocks were 140 pages long. There were a ton of stuff I've never heard of before and terms for everything. It was, it was wild and I could only imagine what the consumer went through. Um, you know, I was kind of going to school for real estate. You know, I knew a little bit, but I could only imagine what the consumer goes through and the confusion they go through and they're going through all the documents, et cetera, and especially handling paper documents. So. Um, my my jump in at RWM was on that side. I, I quickly saw a gap, like like you said, in the customer experience side of the business, because at that point, I mean, I would go on our website and a little bit of my background, I enjoyed, I had a passion for building websites at that point in time, just a personal passion of mine, um, small marketing projects I got into. I was always interested in like entrepreneurship and business and things like that. but um, I saw an opportunity that I went to our website and it, it barely functioned. We barely could collect loan applications through it. And that was my exact first impression was, how are we doing business like this? The customer experience is, is just poor. And um, at that point in time, we, we started even, that was the first point in time that the company itself started looking in the direction of, okay, well, maybe we should focus on marketing. Maybe we should focus on technology and consumer experience because before that, we relied on our loan officers just to go out, forge relationships, take in a paper 1003, or maybe get some questions online, and that's about it. 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, and I mean, I'm sure that was this, you know, a similar experience for everyone at a uh, at a small to mid-sized IMB back in the, back in that time. I mean, with you know, as you put it, a barely functioning website and not really much emphasis on the forward-facing uh, customer engagement piece. So yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. So what? Oh, gonna, what you, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, think about it too. I mean, that was so the industry had the huge transition in 2008, 2009. We finally got back on our feet. I'd probably call it 2010. So when I came in, you know, there was so much shift. People consolidating, companies opening, companies closing before that. So tech, like we didn't even have time to focus on technology, focus on marketing. It was more of we're picking up the shambles from 2008, 2009. And I don't blame the company because after that, then it was a refi boom. I mean, I remember when I came in in 2013, the reason why they were even looking at hiring an intern is because their business was booming. Um, so there was really just no time to even think about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. You know, you talk to folks that it really does depend. Their sort of their early experience depends on what cycle, what point in the cycle they came into the business. I I started the California MBA in 2004, so it was right when things started really ramping up um, before the uh, the bubble burst there in uh, 08. But I mean, I had a, you know similar experience. I'm like, wow, this is great. All these companies are growing like crazy and expanding. There's new companies popping up all the time. This must just yeah. be how it is all the time. And then you go yeah. through a down cycle and you realize. Okay, well, there's there's the other side of this uh, this cycle as well. Yes. Uh, so then, what from your perspective, then what's been the biggest improvement in customer experience in the last maybe ten years or so? Yeah, yeah, you know that that's a great question as well. So I think the biggest the biggest improvement has been the point of sale system and a lot of the automation systems that we've been implementing. So so picking up, I guess picking up at that point, we we did start looking at. I mean, that was seven years ago, eight years ago now, we did start looking at how to collect more data online and, and send that through our loan origination system. Right around that same time, we changed LOSs. So there's a lot of, of tech transformation happening. And I know we moved over to Encompass, which is under ICE Technologies now. So um, that's really been able, and that's enabled us to plug into a lot of these third-party technologies and solutions to improve our, our consumer and borrower experience but so starting at that time by by moving over to encompass it allowed us to to pivot into a new website technology at that time it was called lending manager and that really helped us dip our toe in the water they're based off of the east coast i know they merged with a couple other companies but uh wayne stiegel over there has been huge and really really helpful i know he's, he's pretty known um in the tech side of the industry and whatnot but but he was really helpful getting us off the ground and making sure our documents were flowing over to Encompass automatically and our point of sale um, for collecting loan applications was seamlessly flowing over too. And they managed our whole website front end and it, they made it really easy for us to take that next step. And um, before that we had a CRM, but it was very basic. I mean, we weren't, we weren't really utilizing the way we should be um it was very cut and dry just hey you send out uh very templated corny email newsletters to people and we would send those corny birthday emails and i love birthday emails but just don't make them corny and uh, make them look like they're real but it was so templated and so 1990s that it's just like who's opening this it's a crm's meant to like you i mean the whole topic provide a great consumer experience i don't want to Feel like I'm just put on a newsletter and given recipes I'm never going to make and my email as we know between work and personal life nowadays 
our email gets inundated. So I think it's always taking a step back and asking ourselves, what is that client experience like? If I was on the other side of the table, you know, how would I perceive the marketing that we're sending out? How would I perceive the process, et cetera? So if you're not putting yourself in, in that position, um, you, you need to be, you need to be asking yourself those questions. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, the the '90s template uh, that uh, that takes me back for sure. I mean, that all that time I spent uh, mastering Microsoft Publisher, just you know, not oh exactly relevant. Not, not exactly relevant anymore. You dated yourself, Dustin. Come on. <laughs> I, know, I thought you never think that you know the the, the systems are going to be totally outdated soon. So you, you know, dive oh right God. into it, make sure you know every little part of it, and then of course it goes away. Yeah, um, and it's it's going faster. It's going faster and faster. Yeah, no kidding. Well, let's 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 look at the uh, the next decade here. Let's uh, put on your uh, uh, or take out your crystal ball, if you will, and uh, let's look in the next ten years or so. Do you anticipate something that's more like a gradual, incremental, um, iterative change over the next ten years, or are we going to have some of that, and then maybe something seismic that you know within five years we're all going to be walking around with Google Glass and you know doing a mortgage as we walk to you know Starbucks. Yeah, no, no, great, great question. Um, and that, I think to answer your question, I think it's rapidly, I mean, it's like a snowball and the snowball is going downhill and it's going faster and faster. So without a doubt, I think the transformation is speeding up and there are some incredible technologies that are now very accessible that have come out over the last five years that are now very accessible to everybody that are really going to change our industry. Um, so I guess I guess picking back up on the story timeline a little bit, you know, with how fast things are moving. I mean, I remember when I came on to our when when we were starting to build up the marketing and technology side of RWM home loans, you know, we we switched over CRM systems. Like right now we're on Total Expert. That helped us a lot. Um, like I said, when I first came on, we switched LOSs, but that tech rollout and implementation stage and phase it's getting faster and faster and faster, right? So um, a couple of years ago, we were looking at point of sale systems and there were a ton of people in the in the industry rolling out the point of sale systems, a lot of companies. And I think it was it was one of your conferences, probably the first mortgage innovators conference, Bill Dallas was on the stage and he was he was pounding, pounding it in, in the audience that, hey, you need to be careful with, with the fruit flies coming up because there, everybody's trying to get in and get a piece of the pie of different aspects of the mortgage industry. And I mean, when I heard that, I'm just like, you are so spot on. That's been our philosophy is, is trying to time that, that tech transformation at the right point, because you don't want to be ahead of the curve, right? And it's, it's twofold. So you don't want to be ahead of the curve and choose somebody that's going to not last. So now you've, you've bet on the wrong horse. Now your horse is gone and you're forced to make a transfer. That's the worst place to be in because you spent all that money, energy. It's it's all that opportunity cost. It's a sunken cost that's lost. Um, or you get on a good technology, but too soon. Mm. So they might like right now we got on we got on Simple Nexus last year, and I think it was the perfect time to get on Simple Nexus. They're an amazing solution, but um, you know we've experienced it with technology. They're always rolling out improvements, and when you're on a technology, it's hard to embrace those rollouts real time where when you jump on a new technology you're automatically put on their latest and greatest version so sometimes if you get on a technology too early you start to fall behind of the updates 
So that's something we're very cognizant about. Um, but but for consumer experience, kind of getting back to your topic, the and where the industry's heading. Um, so last year we rolled out Simple Nexus. We're already looking at a lot of RPA automation on our operation side. We're looking at e-close. So we have like two big technology rollouts going on at one time right now. We have e-close going on. You know, we just got got out of Erla, which is kind of forced upon us a little bit of a transition, and and now we're we're going into some some automation and robotic process automation um, OCR stuff. But so that side of the business is is going to be incredible. I know Google just released. I think it's called like their uh, Lend AI or it, it's some or loan uh, anyway some some artificial intelligence OCR software that you could as a lender you could utilize that to manage your documents and whatnot. I haven't looked into it too much. I did a while back, but I mean, that's the, I mean, Google's starting to come in and, and make this technology accessible. And we have so much else that, you know, a lot of other technology that's out there. So um, going back to your initial question, I think it is going to be seismic. I think we're going to be able to embrace a lot of automation and, and logic and machine learning into our processes to speed, speed up the process, which leads to, to customer experience, right? A lot of these big banks and other people are taking 60 to 90 days still to close on refinances. I mean, tell me that's a good customer experience. I mean, it's it's terrible. So if you if you could come out and still provide 30 days and and close a purchase in 21, you know, I mean, that's that's going to be the goal. And the technology is finally here, and we haven't even scratched the surface of blockchain and um, decentralized finance and how that might affect our industry so there's so many topics and it's moving um incredibly fast in many different directions so it's it's a lot to keep up on but everybody definitely needs to stay in the loop and these podcasts are great for that yeah i, I think it's interesting that uh and i was just thinking when you're talking about how you guys have multiple uh, uh tech solutions you're bringing on at the same time and i mean what five, 10 years ago, that one of those alone would have taken, you know, the resources and attention, full attention to the entire company. Now, like you said, I mean, things are moving so fast, you're onboarding multiple systems at the same time. What's mm -hmm. that been like? It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, for eClose, we had to delay it a little bit because of Erla, because I mean, resources plus origination and everything coming in is very busy, maintaining current platforms, current systems. I mean, spot on, it's a lot, but you, you have to stay organized and, and put your team around each project and bring in the stakeholders at the company. So for us, like I can't do it alone. We have third parties that we could reach out to to help us with different encompass coding. We have our implementation teams at the companies we're bringing on. Um, thankfully for eClose, we are using the Simple Nexus solution. So we're already plugged in. So the heavy lifting was already done. It's just bringing in our closing team, making sure they have capacity to help test and make the proper decisions for logic of docs, et cetera. But I mean, spot on, you have to, you have to space them out a little bit. Some of our, um, our OCR and automated process, our, our, our uh, robotic process automation stuff, we had to delay that to May just to catch our breath a little bit and make sure all of our, our current rollouts are going smooth. So. Um, it's just continue to build out the teams and, and investing in where you're going. So we've innovation never stops, my friend. Um, so yes. uh, what, uh, from your perspective, just to get back to uh, customer experience, 
What's the biggest pain point you see right now for uh, potential home buyers? Yeah, I, I think uh, the biggest pain point for current potential home buyers is, is simply education. Hmm. Um, that's just educating them what's out there. So a lot of lot of home buyers and millennial. I'm a millennial myself, so it's it's understanding what the mar I mean, the market is fierce right now. So so I would say right now the biggest pain point is twofold: is education and helping them navigate the chaotic nature of our current real estate environment i mean these poor home buyers in california in a lot of areas they're going in i had a uh, a millennial borrower that's 29 that just purchased a million dollar place up in the bay area um and they had to go 10 percent over ask so so helping helping buyers understand the history of the housing market um what it means for renting versus buying, what is the tax benefit, what does it look like in the current environment to get your offer accepted and be competitive. I mean, the last thing you wanna do is find a property that you love and you lose out on that property. So making sure they're aware of, hey, it's extremely competitive. Um, let's get you fully pre-approved, your money set aside, and, and if you can offer over ask, it might be a situation where we have to go that route if you really want this property. So I mean, I mean the the highly sought after properties are all going minimum five to ten percent over asking, and it's it's wild. So I'd say just educating and preparing home buyers for for how to save up the money and get into a place to buy. So that's the first half, and second half, um, the state of the current market. Yeah, and I think you you make a good point there, and uh, I think this is something that you know. We see it seems like it comes in cycles too. It's like every six months, we see an article, and whether it's Housing Wire or somewhere else, that's is this the death of the loan officer? Is this technology the death of the loan officer? Are we getting our loan officers getting phased out? I think what you just said with education, that right there, that is why the loan officer is not going to get you know phased out uh, yeah. because there's a huge role, a huge role in education, and especially almost the more information and data that's available for consumers, in part, it's harder to to your point, to sift through that and figure out what am I actually supposed to do with this? And then you hear from friends that, well, I sold my house and I had 30 offers the first day and you know, someone bought it sight unseen, what does that look like? And your point about you know, uh, uh, offering over market, I mean, it's, it's a complicated process and you know, mm -hmm. no amount of data and information that they can get from a Zillow or Redfin can really prepare you for the process itself. I was gonna say, I wanna to touch on your comment about the phasing out of the loan officer or their perception around um, automating that job. And, and yeah, I think where technology is going, there's going to be a market for both routes. Um, but, but I, like you said, I do see consumers still needing that, that educational process, that handholding, they want somebody to call and, and it's, it's tough. Like for a purchase, a hundred percent, they're going to want to work with a loan officer in my opinion. Now those lines, you know, I know there's a lot of, of companies coming out where, you know, they're the brokerages that also do loans. You're seeing the Zillow's get into the, more, the mortgage industry and Redfin as well and a ton of others. So it's going to be fascinating to see how all that shakes out. But, um, you know, that that's one side of the token where it's the hybrid model. Um, there's the full-on automation kind of online bank rate. You go check a rate, you can click a button, upload your docs. That's more of the refi model, but it's always interesting. You see, you see these pop up, or you see these companies pop up randomly. Like I know last year there was an organization locally here in California. I'm not going to name, but they got really popular and they were buying up the market, the advertising everywhere you turn. 
We lost some deals to them because they were pricing way under market for, for their rates. I mean, they're trying to go the Silicon Valley model, which is don't make any money on the loans, just get the clients in the door, then eventually you can make money somehow. And I, I don't know for sure, but it's I haven't seen their name anywhere. I haven't seen their ads anywhere. They used to be all over the newspaper, all over TV, all over the radio, and they vanished. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went under with all the margin calls last year that, that we were hit with that, uh, you know, the, thankfully the strong were able to survive, but it's case in point. I mean, similar to the tech side, you have the fruit flies and the mortgage side, we have the fruit flies as well. Every time there's a refi, uh, boom, you're going to get people jumping in and, and trying to undercut everybody and buy up the business and you always see them go away. Same thing for a lot of these online models. So I, I definitely see technology helping. Um, support the strong loan officers. I think there will be a phase out of loan officers that aren't keeping current with with their professionalism, their knowledge of the industry, et cetera. So I, I think technology helps us allow our good loan officers to focus on doing good business and more volume. But I mean, my perception is I don't see the loan officer going away and that's not our business model. Our business model is to empower and grow our loan officers to help make their jobs easier and to bring more business and, and more commission in their pocket. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think you're right about it being in almost the uh, the current environment and the environment in the future. It demands more of a loan officer, but it makes that loan officer even more indispensable than they've ever been, maybe. Um, so you mentioned the the uh, refis here, and uh, let's uh, question for you: How is your strategy uh, shifting as we see maybe the end of the refi boom at some point later this year, maybe or maybe even the next year, and the return of a more purchase focused market? What's what's uh, going on with your strategy there? Yeah, definitely. So we've always been client for life focused, um, which really helps. I mean. We are, so that's a great question you have because RWM is historically a big refinance shop, but but our team and our originator, so we've been uh, recruiting a lot of amazing purchase originators in key markets. So step one was building out our, our amazing platform. So the company culture, our operations team, our technology, our marketing. So now I would say we've we've built kind of the holy grail of a of an IMB mortgage platform a loan officer could be proud to be a part of. So now it makes our job a lot easier when we do go and, and we do try to transition to purchase business and support these purchase loan originators because everything we've done and we've built on over the last three to four years has been purchase focused. Um, for example, Simple Nexus, a big reason we chose them is because you can have partners on the app and they could get access, they could track loan status and everything like that on the flip side with total expert we have automations going out to the listing agent and the buyer's agent letting them know every step of the process what's going on they love that uh, we're working on some other things as well we we really push those annual loan reviews which going back to the last the last topic we just covered is it takes a loan officer to to stay in touch with a client and do their annual loan reviews check in how are you doing is your house the right size especially with covid now a lot of people want to get into larger places they're working from home so so for us it's really focusing on that consumer and that client experience always and doing an amazing job so we can ask for those referrals um work with those strategic partners and attract those 
really strong purchase loan originators. So that, that's kind of been where we're going and making sure all of our technology is set up to go that way as well. Makes sense, yeah. Well, we've got just a couple more uh, a couple more minutes here, uh, but I'm curious, uh, you uh, talked about at the, uh, um, at the outset when you're talking about your background and, and you're focusing in college in the, uh, the real estate uh, uh, program there at uh, University of San Diego. I'm curious, I mean, you kind of mentioned that you, know, you kind of fell into it, but compared to a lot of folks in the industry, you, you were preparing for a long time before you uh, started it, uh, even started at RWM. Uh, you were preparing for that mortgage banking background. I mean, there's uh -huh. plenty of people who, you know, kind of, who really do kind of fall into the industry and, and weren't, you know, aspiring to real estate or mortgage anything in college. So I, mean, I think you're in a unique position to answer this. You know, what, what advice would you have for mortgage lenders to help the industry better reach out to and get young people interested in the real estate finance industry at a younger age? Yeah, no, definitely, Dustin. And that's something that's so important in our industry. And once again, four or five years ago, RWM, or probably longer than that, they were so focused on bringing up the next generation and the younger generation into our industry. And it was tough before that. Like I had a negative connotation for mortgage too, because I was told on the news that that brought down our economy in 2008. I saw my parents lose one of their investment properties and it was, uh, well, they didn't, I, well, they didn't lose it. I guess they lost a ton of money on it, but um, it's, it's, it was tough. You know, it's like mortgage, and then you hear everybody, you get in, you know, you, you're not confident about the mortgage industry because it goes up and down and you could have a great year and then you could be destitute the next year and it's all over the place. And I'm very thankful that, you know, since 2009, the mortgage industry has been, has been booming for the most part. There's a couple slower years in there, but it's been, it's been great. Um, but to focus, to focus on bringing on the new generation, it's, it's educating them about what opportunities are out there. And it blew my mind. And, and I love the mortgage industry because it covers on every aspect of business and, and really so many parts of the economy. Um, during COVID last year, I would argue that the mortgage industry really is what kept a lot of people above water and their head above water with, with refinancing. I mean, I was saving clients 400 I originate as well. I was saving clients 400 500 dollars a month on on loans um, They were doing cash out mortgages consolidate debt um, You know the forbearance stuff and not having to pay their mortgage for a specific period of time I mean these are game-changing things that that immediately help help our the general the general public's bottom line on a month-to-month -month cash flow basis so it's been incredible and all that business coming through the system with these mortgage companies now they're hiring um, and that that has a ripple effect to appraisal, title, escrow, every part. Um, so when jobs are being lost, a lot of jobs are being created because of our industry. So so going so going back to that, I'm getting getting off on a tangent here. But going back to uh, your question about how do we get younger people involved at the college level, it's simply education, letting them know what's out there, starting within your organizations. If you have the power to do it, hire a, a young intern to start that that marketing department or start that technology department or staying abreast of the movement in the industry or bringing them into these, these conferences that the CMBA puts on. I mean, how I got started is right from the beginning, the owners of our company were so gracious to include me on, on high level conversations about what's going on at the company and what's going on in the industry. They, uh, they helped bring me into the future leaders program and that helped. So, 
So being active and investing in these younger people and, and taking those risks and betting on those people I think are huge and going out to these college campuses, they all have job fairs, getting involved in these real estate organizations at these, at these colleges, um, these real estate programs. A lot of them have entrepreneurship uh, clubs or real estate clubs. So go there, give a, give a, a, a seminar, or do like a round table event on on the industry and the opportunities but once again it all comes down to knowledge i had no idea the opportunities that were out there in this industry i mean you have everything from post close to servicing to the secondary wall street side i love wall street before i started getting the mortgage i was big in the stocks i thought i want to go the stock broker stock market route um but there's just so many pieces i mean i mean hr departments are huge you have the operations side which is manufacturing the loans how to, I mean, we have accounting departments, right? So, I mean, it, it touches on every level of, of business and, and getting out there in these business schools and teaching people the opportunities, I think is key and, and very important. Yeah, well, I think you make a great point on the, uh, at the outset of that uh, answer there, where you talked about the, the ways that mortgage bankers make a difference in people's lives. And I think especially for the, uh, you know, millennials, Gen Zs, what have you, that, you know, every poll you see, every statistic you see, care more than ever, more than any other generation about the values that their company that they want to join or do business with or or uh, be a part of. I think that bringing that message out, because I think you're, you're right that, you know, a lot of people just don't realize the opportunity that are available. Maybe they have a bad uh, perception of mortgage bankers. They think of, you know, Wall Street and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, they see headlines, they hear what, they remember what happened to their parents maybe yeah. or older siblings and bad experiences there and they just don't realize the good things that mortgage bankers are doing right now to help people, like yeah. you said, save hundreds of dollars every month, stay in their homes uh, during you know times like uh, this past year. And so I think you get, make a great point there. Excellent. Um, so uh, final question for us here. Um, and again, you've been a great, uh, great uh, supporter of the California MBA for a number of years and so has uh, RWM of course. And so question to you, why is it important for lenders and, and younger folks in the industry like yourself at these companies to support groups like the California MBA and uh, the National MBA and some of the other groups that do uh, that advocate for the on behalf of the industry? Great, great, great question. I think advo advocacy is so important. If you look at if you look at the power of the real estate industry as a whole, I mean, how influential National Association of Realtors has been with with kind of directing the script and and making sure they have their constituents best interest in mind and, and they're really supporting them um we've never really had as of late you know you guys do an amazing job but be, before more recently i would argue that we've never had that big of a, a lobbying group or a powerful representative for the mortgage banking and the mortgage industry as a whole so so organizations like California MBA and the, the MBA as well are so crucial for driving the future of our industry, making sure that different rules and regulations that, that these lawmakers don't understand how it affects our industry, don't they don't understand how it's going to affect the general public, that we have that voice in, in Capitol Hill and up in Sacramento. It's, I mean, it it's imperative. It, it's like tithing, right? I mean, I mean, it, we should be tithing in the in the industry we should be tithing to our our local organizations and our advocacy groups because without them 
you know, we, we don't want to have our head up focusing all this stuff. We want to be able to have our head down, focus on growing our business, making sure that we can run sustainable businesses, not worrying about all these different bills that Joe Schmo over there thought was a hot idea and they don't understand really the ripple effect it's going to have for everybody. So you all have been incredibly amazing and, and not only from the advocacy side, the education side, I would definitely not be where I am today without the California MBA, the Future Leaders Program, all the events I attend. I try to attend almost every event possible. Hopefully I'll hit all three this year um, with CMBA, but but no, it's been it's been wonderful. You all are doing a great job, and it's the way we push our organization, our our um, not organization, but our industry forward. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Greg. And just for you know, I, I love the uh, the tithing uh, um, the tithing example, but I'll just I'll just point out that your membership dues are not, are not ten percent of your of your volume or your revenue or anything like that. So it's yeah, significantly less than that. But they should be. What I mean, you're you know, <laughs> you're less. <laughs> yeah. Greg, really appreciate the conversation. I know we could uh, go on longer here. This has uh, been real fun to catch up with you, but uh, we've got to head out. But uh, thanks again for joining us here on uh, Connect. Excellent. Thank you, Dustin. Thanks again for having me, and I appreciate all the great things you guys are doing. I'm excited for this year. And uh, make sure everybody attends the Mortgage Innovators Conference because I'm a committee member, and it's going to be a great event. So we'll see you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. May 4th and 5th, right? All right. Yes. Well, and if you enjoyed the conversation here, then make sure and subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. You can also follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back again next week for the uh, our next episode of Connect, but also the last episode of our focus on customer experience. So we'll see you then. Here we go.